Okay, well it's Palm Sunday and I want to get to the word tonight and I want to preach a word called, that, for those who like titles, Wiped Away. Wiped Away. Now, you know, with the titles of these things you can think, there's many things, Wiped Away. I don't know if you've been to the beach and you've uh, <laughs> tried to go body surfing or something and a big wave came and you just got wiped away. <laughs> That's a scary. That's a scary thing. And um, you know, if you play, if you play tennis or you play a game and you lose terribly, you feel yes. like you've been wiped away. But um, I want to look at wiped away in a positive sense, mindful of the fact that it is Palm Sunday. And you know, on Palm Sunday, on Palm Sunday, um, all the people gathered in Jerusalem as Jesus entered the city and they were welcoming him and they, they were had the palm leaves and they were waving them and it was a, a great triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem that time and they were celebrating victory and peace and all those things that they were hoping for. So it was a wonderful time, Palm Sunday, but within a few days that was all wiped away and they were calling for his crucifixion. They were calling for Barabbas to be set free rather than Jesus. So, you know, that was all wiped away in the kind of a twinkling of an eye. But uh, I want to have a look um, at the week before Easter and uh, some of the things uh, wiped away in the Word of God. And uh, I want to look at a little passage that happened six days um, before the Passover. It was on Passover. And uh, what happened? And it was uh, in a house and Mary, Mary, Martha, Lazarus, that family, Jesus was in the house and Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard. It's beautiful smelling oil. And she anointed the feet of Jesus and she wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. This is a, a very unusual thing to do. Um, at the Passover, they would wash their hands. They would wash their feet when they came into the room. They would come and they would have this um, ritual that they did. But she's done something exceptionally um, extravagant. And she took this beautiful, costly oil. It was, it was so expensive, it's like a, a, a year's worth of wages in this bottle of oil. And she poured it all over his feet and anointed him. And then she wiped his feet with her, her hair. I think, wow, that's a little familiar. But it's, it was an act of worship. And the whole house was filled with the fragrance of this oil. But one of his disciples, Judas, who we were talking about last week, Judas Iscariot, who would betray him, okay, said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? So he's acting all offended that this woman would be so extravagantly wasteful. She was like, what a waste. He was like, what a waste pouring this uh, special oil on Jesus. He was really denigrating Jesus at that time. To say that this small amount of oil 
was a waste on him. You can see where his heart is, even there. You can see why he would betray Jesus. He had no clue of how holy this moment was. He's like, what a waste that was. He was so greedy and so worldly minded. And then he said, this he said, not that he cared for the poor. He didn't care about the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. He was a thief and had the money box. He was also the treasurer. He was in a trusted position. He was put in a trusted position where there was an opportunity for him to be tempted and to resist and to repent. But of course he never did. He had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. So what people put in for the ministry of the Lord and ministry to the poor, he actually stole from. He was a thief, okay? But the point is here that Mary wiped his feet with her hair. It was an act of worship. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Let her alone. Leave her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always. But me you do not have always. So he's basically saying, you've missed the point. Leave her alone. She understands how valuable this moment is and how valuable this oil is. And it's not about the oil. It's not about the money. It's not about the cost. It's about me. It's not about you. It's about me. And she kept this for the day of my burial. She understands the times and the seasons. She understands things. And he didn't. She was heavenly minded, spiritually minded, and he was worldly and carnally minded. So Jesus basically wiped away his offence by this wisdom. He's basically saying, you don't understand what's going on here. So that was like six nights before the Passover. Then on the night, and I preached this last week, the night before. On the night before, at the supper, this is what happened. John chapter 13, verse 2. When the supper was ended, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper so he knew exactly what was going on and what was required next. He rose up, Jesus rose from the supper. He laid aside his garments, took off his outer garments. He took a towel and he girded himself. He put on a towel like a servant, like a servant's apron. And after that, he poured water into a basin. He was like the guest of honor, but he was the one serving. He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. How personal is that? For each and every one of them, he washed their feet 
He didn't just splash a bit of water on there. He washed their feet. And then he took that towel and he wiped their feet. It's a very personal thing, you know. Some people can't stand their feet being touched. <laughs> Some people are like, don't touch my feet. They're ticklish or whatever, they're just sensitive. <laughs> but you know, Jesus touched their feet. He wiped their feet. It was an act of a humble servant. A humble servant. He's basically saying, this is what I'm doing. I want you to do the same. Wash the feet of people. Wipe the feet of people. Why? Wash and wipe their lives like I'm doing to your feet. He's doing something spiritual and prophetic here. Serve people the way I'm serving you. And as I was um, looking at this, and I thought, you know, it's before Easter week, and I, I wanted to share that bit. And then I just, curiosity got me, and I thought, where else does it say in the Bible about things that were kind of wiped away, other things that were mentioned? So I just went exploring, and there's a few things, not a lot, but a few mentions of things that were wiped away. And I want to look at that. The first one's in 2 Kings, in chapter 21, verse 13. It's, the Lord says, I will stretch over Jerusalem the measuring line of Samaria and the plummet of the house of Ahab. I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Who loves doing dishes? <laughs> I don't mind it, actually. Um, but this really, I loved this when I saw it. He said, I will wipe Jerusalem as one wipes a dish. Wipes it, turns it upside down. And he was basically saying here that I'm going to make sure it's clean. I'm going to make sure it's clean and dry. I'm going to make sure everything is back to what it should be. And at this particular time, um, Jerusalem had come into a terrible place. They'd had a, um, an evil king. His father was Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good guy, godly king. And his son was Manasseh. Manasseh was an evil king. And after 55 years of ruling and reigning, Jerusalem, Judah, was in a mess. There was all kinds of idolatry and horrible practices going on. And God is saying, basically, I'm going to stretch over this place. I'm going to wipe it like a plate and make sure it's clean. I'm going to bring change here. Things aren't going to remain the same anymore. Things are going to change. So he said, I will wipe it like you wipe a dish. I just love that. So Jerusalem is going to be cleansed by the Lord in the way that he cleanses. And sometimes he allows the enemies to come and bring judgment. God does things his way, but he says, I'm going to make sure things are changed. In the next one in Isaiah, um, this talks about wiping away the sting of death. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. Now, you think this is only mentioned in the book of Revelation, but here it is in the book of Isaiah. The Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. 
the rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. If God says he's going to fix something, he's going to fix it. If he says he's going to heal it, he's going to heal it. If he says he's going to save, he will save. He says he will wipe away the tears. He will wipe away the tears. And we'll find another passage. He will wipe away death forever. That's a wonderful promise. A lot of people are afraid of death. Then we go into Luke chapter 10. And something else that was wiped away as well. Uh, reference. Jesus said, whatever city you enter, and he's sending out the disciples to preach, to heal, to do the work of the Lord. Whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you, in other words, if they reject you, if they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, the very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. So he's basically saying, don't get personally offended. Just go and declare, just prophetically declare over that city. We wipe the dust off. We leave this to the Lord. And sometimes that's what happens in our lives. When rejection comes, when people come against us, when things don't go the way that we want it to or it should, then we just got to let the Lord wipe it off. Let the Lord remove these things. But nevertheless, the kingdom of God had come near them and they had made a choice to reject. He said, just wipe the dust off. Don't let it cling to you. Don't let discouragement, don't let disappointment don't let these things cling to you. When we get disappointed, when we get discouraged, don't let it cling to you. Let it be like dust. Wipe it off. Shake it off. Okay? And then leave the results to the Lord. The next mention, I love this one. This is what it's all about. In Colossians 2.14, Paul is saying, that the Lord's wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us. We were sinners. We were lawbreakers. We were sinners. It was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So he wiped away our debt. He wiped it away. He wiped away the sin that was hanging over our lives. He wiped away the judgment that was impending. He wiped away the shame that defined us. He wiped it away. He nailed it to the cross. That's what Easter is all about. All those things which were against us, he wiped it away. He wiped it away, nailed it across. Nailed it to the cross. All the evidence was gone. All the evidence that was against us has gone. It's wiped away. It reminds me of, um, I do cleaning. And I remember that in the 1950s, there was like this thing called the white glove test. 
Have you heard the white glove test? <laughs> In the 1950s, they would do advertisements and there was like a requirement by bosses or whatever. And if someone hadn't cleaned something, like, you know, officially a cleaner, they would put on a white glove and they would do this. And if there was a little bit of dust on the glove, there was evidence, you didn't clean this properly. And you know, even mums would say to their kids, did you clean your bedroom? No, you didn't, look at this. <laughs> the white glove test, so all the evidence was removed. And that's what the Lord did for us. But only God can do it. Only God can do it. You know, in Psalm 51, when David sinned with Bathsheba, he had her husband killed, and then he had um, that affair with her, basically. And the child died. When he was in sin, and Nathan the prophet came and spoke to him, David finally repented, and he said this to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord and he said, blot out my sin. In other words, wipe it out. Blot out my sin. Wash me clean. Cleanse me. He felt dirty. He felt unclean. He felt tainted. He felt burdened down. He's saying, Lord, wipe it away. Wipe it away. And that's how we feel sometimes. When we do something wrong, you just feel it. You, just, uh, you feel it. You feel like, Lord, wash me. Cleanse me. Wipe it away. Yeah? Okay, I want to just go for a couple more um, mentions of wiping away. So we've looked about what it, what's been wiped away. Well, feet were wiped as an act of servanthood. A city, Jerusalem, was wiped clean by the Lord. Um, the power of death was wiped away. The dust of the feet was wiped away. The sins, all these things are wiped away. What else? What is something that really we can all relate to that's wiped away is mentioned, and we read it before in Isaiah, is mentioned again in Revelation chapter seven. This is John having visions from God and revelations from the Lord. And he's seen all these amazing things. And it says, and after these things I looked and behold, a great multitude, big, huge number of people, a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes. Okay. And one of the elders was there, and he said, Who are these people? Who is this huge multitude? And we all think, oh, I know who that is. No one could number this, this group of people. Innumerable number. All nations, all tribes, all peoples, all tongues. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. They shall neither hunger anymore, nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. So when you first read it, you think, oh, that's all of us. No, it's not. That huge multitude were those who came out of the Great Tribulation. 
those who have suffered for their faith, those who remain after the rapture. This is after the rapture. There's going to be incredible revival on the earth during the tribulation. Because when the rapture happens, that's going to be a turning point in history. Huge turning point. When all the believers suddenly leave the earth, there'll be many, like multitudes left behind going, wow, what they said was true. What they said was true. And there will be a multitude saved during the tribulation. During the tribulation. Okay? They kept their faith. There's going to be martyrs. There's going to be all kinds of things happening. For the Lamb who's in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. These people are going to suffer like we don't know. But God will be with them. He will lead them. He will shepherd them. He will give them the faith to stand until the end. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the tribulation saints. And you're saying, well, well, what about us? What about us? What about those who've gone in the rapture? What about the other believers? Well, the other believers will be in the new Jerusalem. We'll be in the new heavens and the new earth. Okay. After all these things, God said, I'm going to create a new heavens and a new earth. And John saw it. He said, now I, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. But the first heaven, and this is not heaven where God is. This is the heavens, the atmosphere, the heavens. Well, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Hmm, wonder what it's going to be like. Pretty amazing. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Before, behold, the tabernacle of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. This is all the believers, the, new, the believers, all believers. In the new heavens, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, the new capital city. Okay? And what? And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. Hallelujah. For the former things have passed away. All those things which we think are so important and so special now, they're actually going to be wiped away. Something even more wonderful, more amazing, way better than we could even imagine God has for our future. God has for our future. He's going to wipe away every tear. You know, tears and crying, tears are something that are common to all humanity. Since the fall, there's been tears. Many, many tears. You know, in the Bible it says David cried, Jeremiah cried, Mary cried, Martha cried. Many, many, many tears. Many, many wept. And Jesus, 
the shortest verse in the Bible is John, what is it, John chapter 11, verse 35. Jesus wept. Jesus wept over his friend Lazarus and his death. Jesus wept over Jerusalem, the city. Weeping is something that is common to humanity, and we've all cried. We've cried openly, we've cried secretly. We've cried loudly, we've cried silently. Okay? Everyone can relate. But there will be no more tears. He will personally wipe them away. He will wipe away our tears. He will be with us. He will be there. And we will be with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you will be with us. You will wipe away all those things which are concerning us even now. Lord, you've wiped away our sin. You've wiped away the debt that we were to pay. Lord, you've wiped the dust off our lives. But Lord, you're going to come and wipe away every tear. There's going to be no more. No more tears. No more sorrow. No more grief. No more sadness. No more regrets. No more loneliness. No more pain. You're going to wipe it all away. But Lord, in the meantime, you are still with us to wipe away right now. If you're sitting here right now and there's something bothering you, let him come and wipe it away. Something troubling you, let him come, be with you. Love us with an everlasting love, faithful and true. So, so good. Lord, we welcome you. We're not going to turn on you like the crowd on Palm Sunday. Lord, we're with you, we're for you. By your grace, we'll always be with you and for you. And you with us, and you for us. How awesome. How awesome. You've wiped away our past and you give us a future and a hope that is bright and wonderful. Bless you, my God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If anyone wants prayer, I want to pray with you. Goodbye, everyone online. Have a wonderful week. Hallelujah, if anyone needs prayer. Okay. <laughs> An orange kitty. That's our kitty. Yeah, baby.